it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Thank you for tuning in to the Often Daunted podcast with me, Burke White. I'm sitting here recording following a U.S. men's national team victory over the dreaded Canadians, sending us all that dirty, dirty, ash-riddled smoke. Took them to PKs. It was a pretty eventful game, uh, both teams scoring in extra time. And, uh, yeah, glad to see we got one on the uh, old old neighbors to the north. Without further ado, let's just get into some national news for you. Well, uh, at least it was a quiet week at Indiana. Um, Out there, there's several things going on with other programs uh, that just make you grateful that no news has to be good news right now in the calendar year. Uh, We'll get into a bit of that in a... Yeah, we'll get into the whole uh, Bob Huggins, I guess, didn't say he was done, but uh, his wife texted he was done. We'll get into that a bit. We'll get into uh, whatever's going down at Northwestern. But uh, let's just discuss some of the Hoosiers in the NBA really quick. Our guys who are going out there uh, on NBA Summer League rosters. Right now we got three on roster. We got one playing. Trace Jackson Davis was unable to make his NBA debut on Monday night um, as he was out with a hamstring injury. But uh, the details just came out announcing that he would be signed on to the Warriors for a four-year contract not too long ago. Um, And if this is him just not like saying, hey, I'm not going to play a second of basketball until I'm paid. Good for him. I mean, hold out. But uh, if not, here's hoping uh, now that we see a contract, here's hoping he can uh, take care of this hamstring injury and we can get it going. We can see Trace Jackson Davis play against some NBA-level talent. I'm chomping at the bit. I'm excited for it. I I know he's ready to do nothing but deliver and uh excited to see what happens as for Jalen he's been taking the G League the I keep saying G League he's been taking this uh NBA summer league by storm got to make his official lake show debut 29 minutes six for 19 from the floor uh over five from three point five rebounds four assists 15 points total again that conversion needs a little work uh but th- throughout these uh I think he's played in three games now the Lakers have really just let him operate freely on the offensive end. What what you're beginning to see from Jalen in these games is his ability to attack the interior. Uh, he's been, I mean, there's highlights floating around of him uh, doing those, uh, taking contact, finishing the layup, and that's what he was recruited on. Uh, or at least that's a lot of it is what I think it is. I don't know, though. I'm not all, yeah. I think that was a lot of the reason that he was so highly touted was his ability to attack the rim from the perimeter. And uh, unfortunately, just the build of our roster last season didn't allow much of, of, if any, of that. Um, Just because we were packed threefold, sometimes people triple-teaming Trace. And even when they weren't triple-teaming him, it was uh, five dudes focused on him at all times. That's going to cause some congestion, and that that definitely throws a cog in uh, what what Jalen can bring to the NBA game now. And that, that problem is entirely removed at the next level because the floor is just so spread, so wide. Yeah, here's hoping he can he can take these conversion rates, crank them up a bit, and uh, we'll be able to see this dude just blossom into an NBA star. Looks like he's always going to have the programs back now, and uh, 
Love to see him as just an ambassador of this program, tearing it up at the next level. And he, he's been keeping this level of play up, like uh, 15 points just in the last game he had. Uh, 15 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. He's he's distributing it. They're allowing him to just run the offense. Uh, they're really trying to just see what they got in him, I think. Um, and he's showing that there, there's a lot to like there. Proud of him. Proud of him. That's a Hoosier we can all be proud of. And, I mean, the third Hoosier on a roster right now, that is Race. Race was unable to get any time in the Knicks opener um, or this last game just today at this time of recording Sunday night. And yeah, Race Thompson has yet to see time on the NBA floor. But uh, it's got to be awesome just to be there, honestly. Rubbing elbows with the basketball world's top brass. Like, it has to be an all-time experience if one can have. Uh, Here's hoping, here's hoping our guy gets some time to uh, show what he can do. But hey, an invite means something. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of Race Thompson for being there representing the Hoosiers. Just being in attendance is something to be proud of. It is something to uh, hang your hat on. Congrats to Race Thompson for just, I mean, just making the, <laughs> making the list, man. Here's hoping we get to see you ball out and uh, you can make the most of some time. Other Hoosiers in the NBA, we saw Cody Zeller get signed with the New Orleans Pelicans for this next upcoming season. And uh, yeah, on the transfer front, there's only really one transfer I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, Paul Mulcahy announced where he will be heading, and it looks like the Big Ten's villain, one of the all-times guys, one of the best to ever do it, is uh, going to claim the throne of the Pac-12. He's uh, going to try to make an example of Bronny James, I guess, in this uh, last season of opportunity to do so. Again, you guys, at the time of recording, the date is... July 9th, so uh, this is the week Paul Mulcahy will be joining his basketball team. I imagine the rest of them have been at it for about a month now. Uh, just such a wild dynamic that this NIL era brings. Uh, I don't know if postgrads were always this late. I can't imagine they were testing the waters as much as they do now. Just insane that these guys have to build this chemistry right now. I'll have my eye on Washington this season just because I'm going to watch how Paul Mulcahy blends in with that team if uh, if we need to watch out for these late holdouts. And again, how are you not going to watch New Jersey's point guard? You have to keep an eye on New Jersey's point guard. I'm going to watch those Washington games now. So now we are on to the Bob Huggins, the latest in the uh, saga that is the Bob Huggins downfall. Um, Andrew Graham from On3.com reported Saturday evening that uh, West Virginia accepted a text from Bob Huggins' wife as resignation, according to letter demanding reinstatement. The letter goes on to explain that according to Huggins' contract, he is the only one that could tender his own resignation, that his wife texting um, the university on his behalf was not grounds for his termination due to it wasn't him administering the resignation. Yeah, it's crazy. It says here that the text message that was sent in June from the Huggins camp said, please accept this correspondence as my formal notice of resignation as West Virginia University's head basketball coach and as notice of my retirement from West Virginia University, effective immediately. The letter demanding reinstatement states that Coach Huggins never signed a resignation letter and never communicated a resignation to anyone at WVU. Accordingly, the WVU public comments are not only false, but appear to be an after-the-fact attempt to remedy WVU's breach of employment agreement. And I, I don't have much to comment on this. I, I, I have to imagine there's going to be more to follow because this sounds like this is going to set up to be a legal battle. 
sounds like Bob Huggins is going to be looking to get some of the money uh, that was potentially coming his way. Now it'll be interesting to see if he can loop in the money that he had already lost prior. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how all this plays out. Uh, I have to imagine we'll have a few more installments of this one to come. Uh, so please stay tuned to the Often Taunted podcast. Give a like, give a follow, give a whatever, subscribe. Uh, five stars, great help. Thank you. Now on to the uh, actual Big Ten news. The Big Ten headline of the week, I have to imagine. Um, here's hoping that nothing is bigger than this coming down the pike in uh, the I mean, season where there's not much to play, there's not much to watch. Only news is bad news. <laughs> and in insane Big Ten news, we have a crazy story out of Evanston as Pat Fitzgerald was suspended for two weeks for hazing. Now, that was on Tuesday, just last night, Saturday, I believe. Um, things got a little more intense as details seemed to trickle out because uh, the uh, two-week suspension was proposed, was installed Tuesday, I believe. And uh, so no games would be affected. It would be two, two uh, weeks unpaid at that time. And honestly, all seemed above board and taken care of. It seemed like it must have been a minor incident if uh, that's all the suspension was. The complainant's allegations involved football players pressuring team members into participating in hazing activities. An investigation summary said the complainant alleged that these activities often occurred in the locker room and may have started at Camp Kenosha in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where the team used to hold training camp. The investigation summary said, that there wasn't sufficient evidence to believe that the coaching staff knew anything about the uh, hazing going on. That was the uh, all-on-the-report that came out Tuesday. And again, all seemed okay. Staff couldn't have known. All seemed above board. Two weeks. Cool. Pat Fitzgerald is out for two weeks for hazing. Wild headline. We'll take it. We have nothing to run with this summer. And then uh, just, uh, just Saturday, just Saturday, a Northwestern player told the Daily Northwestern, a wild series of events, a wild account of what could have happened in that locker room. He said, I've seen it with my own eyes, and it's just absolutely egregious and vile and inhuman behavior. There is a specific, I don't like talk, I, yeah, they talk about having to run, which uh, running is a player um, would be selected for whatever reason, usually freshmen, uh, freshman players restrained by a group of eight to ten upperclassmen, uh, dressed in purge masks, and uh, they would begin dry humping the victim in the uh, dark locker room. That's what running is at Northwestern, uh, according to this story uh, printed in the Daily Northwestern. The player went on to say, it's a shocking experience as a freshman to see your fellow freshman teammates get ran. But then you see everybody standing in the locker room. It's just a really abrasive and barbaric culture that has permeated throughout the program for years on end now. And I, uh, it's it's insane. These uh, seem to culminate in runs giving and runs myths. And I have to imagine you know you can f connect point A to point B on that. And as far as just clever names go, runs myths is just a terrible name for a school full of. I mean, Northwestern thinks they are the Ivy League of, if not for Michigan, they think they're the Ivy League of the Big Ten, and they're coming up with names like runs myths. That sounds like a festive form of diarrhea. Other, other incidents include uh, freshmen being forced to strip naked and perform various acts, uh, bear crawling, slingshotting themselves across the floor. Uh, a few other classics uh, include the naked QB center exchange, where I have to imagine you can understand what the freshman QB and centers had to do. You know, just snap the football under very weird circumstances. 
it mentioned the car wash. You guys can all go. You can find it out if you want it. it it's a series of crazy events happening in the Northwestern football locker room. And uh, I have to imagine this story coming out alone is enough to make that program toxic for a while. I have to imagine top talent ain't going to want to touch this program with a 10-foot pole following this. Um, just because this is, you don't want to be affiliated with all this shit. And if Northwestern is breaking their hearts over Pat Fitzgerald, I mean, get real. Look at the program. You went 1-11 last season. Whatever that you guys got going on in that locker room ain't working. It ain't building a cohesive unit. It's it's just gross, and yeah, no place for it. Uh, keep, keep rooting this shit out, and uh, let's keep stomping it out. On to some Indiana news. Let's liven it up. That sucked. guys it's all good feelings here in the indiana news hour the indiana news section here we go we got calbert cheney met with the media this week when asked on his first impressions on the this uh, season's iu roster he said hey i think we can win i i shouldn't <laughs> no he said i think we should win i got a chance to watch this team yesterday and i think we have a lot of potential i think they can be better than the than last year's team you love to hear it. Of course, this is the stuff they're they're going to put out at this time of the year. But it's going to be hard to compare this year's team to last year's team. You got to think they're going to be doing totally different things. It's going to be a totally different game plan. It's going to be a totally different system. And uh yeah, that's just that's just nice to hear from just such a legend of the game. When when asked like why why return? Why come back to Indiana? Cheney said that his respect for Mike Woodson is ultimately what brought him back to IU. And it was the allure of having former IU players on the staff. Uh, that, that, thanks to Jared Kelly for the reporting and the takeaways from uh, that Calvert Cheney, uh, pr- yeah, media media session. Yeah, look at me. I'm a, I'm yeah, a pro here. I'm a pro media person. <laughs> Shit, guys, it's late. Sorry. Elaborating on that a little further. Uh, thanks to Tyler Talkman for sharing the quote. Uh, Calvert Cheney said. You think about kind of different generations. You got Woody, then myself. You got Jordan Holes, who all know about the importance of Indiana basketball. We're from the same state. The camaraderie and the chemistry is like automatically there. You guys, in in some states, it's just basketball. And uh, glad to see Calvert Chaney is coming home to uh, make sure that that rings true. Some huge news on the Indiana women's basketball front. Uh, Indiana women's basketball has sold out reserve seats in the first 30 rows of both main levels via their season tickets. Uh, GA tickets, which include court-level seats, above row 30 still available. Uh, Season ticket base will exceed 7,000 at minimum based uh, on Aaron Schifron's math after being roughly 2,600 in 2023-2024. Uh, 2022-2023. Thank you, Aaron Schifron, for all that information. Go follow him at A. Schifron. There's so much momentum behind this women's program. Uh, just getting recruits, getting them visiting. Getting, I mean, just had that huge commitment. Uh, Sydney Parrish's old alma maters. I think, yeah, Miss Basketball. Just a lot to be excited on both fronts of Indiana basketball. Yeah, I didn't know if I mentioned it. Yeah, I probably did. But, yeah, hey, again, Congrats to Trace for signing that deal. I think Jalen, it was just announced he officially signed his deal. Trace Jackson Davis, it came out that he's lo- he's uh, locked in for two years guaranteed. 
uh, potentially a four-year deal with the Golden State Warriors. Just incredible to see just Hoosiers find success. That means success for us on the back end. That, that's an ROI, baby. Yeah. Can't help but root for Trace's success at the next level. Have to. His success is our success. The guys over at Hoosier Hysterics had Caleb Banks on this week for just another awesome interview. It, it's just incredible that they can get each of these guys for an hour. Just great, great listens. Great listens. And uh, top-notch uh, just insight on Indiana personnel. It's literally right out their mouths. And, of course, Caleb Banks said all the things you'd want to hear. He said everything you'd want to hear as a fan um, because, of course, he did. And, of course, he should. He should. He doesn't need to be putting anyone down. He doesn't need to be getting real with us. Now's the time to uh, talk the possibilities and, uh, yeah, maybe get a little high hopes in this squad. It was awesome to hear him discuss how the fast, just how fast the offense is now and how the team is operating with a front court that can he said, in quotes, do things Trace couldn't do. And he did catch himself after saying that because he said, he said with no disrespect, um, just what Kalel Ware is able to bring to the game. It's a different style of play, um, but it's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, when the whole team is able to run in transition, when the whole team is flying up and down the court, it's going to be a different looking Indiana team. And I cannot wait to see what it could potentially look like. It could potentially look like the type of basketball that everybody's begging the Big Ten to start playing. Other news this week was uh, just recruiting. I mean, uh, on the Indiana front, the Indiana coaches went out in force throughout the country just doing that field work in this uh, last weekend's evaluation period. And they know exactly when to set up these evaluation periods because some major, major games took place. There was the New Balance Pro 16 Finals in Houston, Texas, where Asa Newell was. There was the Adidas uh, Three Stripes, Three SSB, yeah. Uh, chapter three in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and that was uh, where Fiore Badunga was in attendance. We had the Nike Elite Youth Basketball League, the EYBL, uh, finals at the Peach Jam. This had to be probably the most anticipated, the highest like attendance of top recruits. This was in North Augusta, South Carolina, where Dylan Harper, Liam McNeely, Jaden Mustaf, Boogie Fland, all in attendance. Under Armour Association Finals were in Cartersville, Georgia, and Derek Queen and Bryson Tiller were both in attendance. All guys Indiana has their has their eye on, has their interest invested in. All guys we're just keeping eyes on. So, yeah, nothing to report there. Just, hey, they, they, they were out there. I'm sure there are highlights from these games now. These were some big-time games being played this last weekend. And uh, go check them out if you're interested in any of these guys. Hey, guys. I have no bad news to report to you on the Indiana front today, and that is awesome. Hey, another week of Indiana basketball down the drain. On to the next one. Uh, but uh, we'll be getting into a little player expectations discussion with, about Ian Stevens and Xavier Johnson right after this word from our sponsor. The Often Daunted podcast is brought to you in partnership with Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports, just the partnership, seems to be adding a podcast every week, it seems like, uh, getting one football, one basketball from each uh, Big Ten university. Going to be able to make some connections and uh, get some of these guys on come basketball season. Have a little perspective from each when we're heading into uh, previews and whatnot. It's going to be an awesome scenario, an awesome setup for me to take full advantage of. And uh, if you haven't, with uh, the football season creeping up on us, Go follow LEO Football Podcast. They are just, it, it, it's a great listen. 
It's a great listen. The guys who know their Indiana football, they're a sick bunch. They're a sick bunch, but uh, God bless them. Uh, go ahead, give them a listen. Again, again, I'm putting it on them. LEO Football Podcast. Go, go, go give them a listen. Here in the offseason, with so much time left before the upcoming season, as I did on the last episode, uh, I'm just going to be giving out a few of uh, my humble player expectations. Uh, just based on and, and presenting just a recap on each of these guys uh, on this roster next year. So this episode, I wanted to start with Ian Stevens. Each of these guys, I'm going to be discussing them. We're talking Ian Stevens today. Now, last season on New Palestine, Ian Stevens averaged 15.2 points, 7.9 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.3 steals. And this stat line earned him Indiana Basketball Coaches Association, large school, all state honors. It earned him Associated Press Honorable Mention All-State, and it earned him all Hoosier Heritage Conference and all Hancock County First Team Honors. When, when discussing what, uh, what Ian brought to a team, his head coach, Tr- Trent Whitaker, uh, New Palestine's head coach, said, Ian is a kid that can have a huge impact on a game without the ball in his hands. He is a team-first guy and makes his teammates better. And I, what, what other... <laughs> what? As an incoming freshman walk-on, where, what would you rather hear said about him? A team-first guy that's going to make his teammates better. That's exactly what a walk-on needs to be. That's exactly what every coach wants a, a walk-on to be. And, uh, yeah, just in regards to Ian Stevens, we ain't going to expect him to play a lot. We ain't going to expect him to play, I imagine. But he's going to be on the floor. He's going to get his time. He's going to put in some good looks against our guys. Here's hoping he makes a hell of a Hoosier teammate. Because that's just what you want your walk-ons to be. Welcome to the cause. Now let's talk about the man who will be providing all the fuel for this team. I'm going to call him the gas station this upcoming season. Xavier Johnson. Xavier's first season with Indiana was uh, awesome. I mean, it showed every... he was showing off every reason we wanted to bring him in. Um, able to distribute well, able to score well. Now, so all that being said, two seasons ago, I'm talking. This is I'm talking when he came here that season. He he put enough out there. He put he he was so night and I mean yeah, it was a lot of what we saw with Jalen Hood Chafino this year, where uh, he could go hot and cold. We saw him at his heights. Like uh, it, he had a back to back performance with 22, 24 points in two games. Uh, Maryland at home, and then in Minnesota. Over the course of those two games, he shot 7 for 10. No, 7 for 9 from 3. Just everything we have been begging for, he was doing in those two games. Now those are two games because, yeah, he was was very very spotty, but more often than not, he would be able to hit that uh, mid-teen range in production, and that's exactly what we needed this year. We needed production. And this last season, when he went down, man, we had a lot to make up for. Because heading into the season, everything that he put on tape the season before said, man, if this guy can put it together, if he can become a a true senior and show the consistency and the developed game of a senior and uh, just round it all out, he, he was touted to be the best point guard in the Big Ten. Now, we didn't know that Jalen Pickett was just going to do his whole booty bump game to the NBA. But but yeah, before the injury, that was the hopes for Xavier's season. We, we saw every bit of the point guard that we desperately needed come March. 
in games like the Xavier game this last year. <clears throat> Where Xavier Johnson went 7 for 8 from the field, 2 for 2 from 3 point. Just administered his will to get to the line 10 times, uh, making 7 of those. Ending the night with 23 points. Just an insane performance when we needed it in a ruckus environment against a team that that victory solidified that four seed for us. Without that, we are that that was a great win on our resume. Xavier Xavier's the type of guy who responds in the moments like that. He responds to the pressure. He uh, looks to he looks to take challenges on, and that's the kind of point guard I want. That's the kind of point guard I imagine most teams want. It, it was just such a shame to see how it all ended last season. To see him go down in that Kansas game was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking to the program. You know it was heartbreaking to him. And just thank Christ he got this medical absence, this medical waiver, to where he gets to run it back. He gets to have hit this shot again. He gets the shot at the season that he almost slipped out of his hands due to that injury. And not only that, he gets it through a different lens. He gets it through the man, the guy's lens now. <laughs> now that TJD's gone, he's the guy. Uh, of course, Malik like, owns the front court. A soft spot for Malik owning the front court. But it's Xavier Johnson's team. If all goes according to plan, he's running the offense. He's running, honestly, the defense from the point. The, what he was what he was bringing on the defensive end we desperately lacked last season. And as far as expectations for what we can expect out of Xavier Johnson going into next season, I don't know why he's consistently overlooked um, when ranking next year's potential point guards. He was out. Yeah, he was out of the Big Ten play last season. But he, he was projected to be like the best. Uh, seems like enough time under the radar, out of the limelight, uh, has earned him just an opportunity to to an opportunity to just step out of the shadows and take that title. Of course, Jameer Young, uh, Hogart, Hogart, they'll they'll be trying to stop him. But what's to say? Not even just one off season, but two off seasons haven't been able to instill in Xavier Johnson a consistency level that would have taken the game he had two years, two seasons ago to the level that we had all thought he could have hit last year, just based with the squad we had. Yeah, I'm talking crazy. I'm sorry. It's like guys. Again, I told you I just wrapped up that uh, USA game. No, oh, all this to say, I, I honestly think that Xavier Johnson is in is in line for a huge season. He's gonna he's gonna feel all the weight that comes as being the guy at Indiana. But honestly, I think he's gonna be able to respond to it with flying colors. This is a guy who I think welcomes the guy title, and I think it could bode very well for his game. So I'm always gassing up the gas station here on the Often Daunted Podcast. If uh, that's what you're about, feel free to hit me with a subscribe, five-star review only, please. <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> Sorry. Again, it's late. Thank you all for getting uh, this far into it with me. We'll get you on out of here after a little Hoosier history hit. Um, expecting big things. God dang it. Yeah, going back. Okay. What to expect for Xavier Johnson in this upcoming season? What can we expect? I expect him at massive minutes. I expect... Uh, Gabe to be able to subsidize him valiantly, but I think he'll also be subsidizing the two as well. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if CJ can. I, there's so many opportunities. If it, there's so much potential for this roster, if half of our potential can hit, uh, just so many different looks we can throw out there, and that that that'll just uh, if nobody if nobody's potential hits, uh, 40 minutes for Xavier Johnson because he'll need to do it. He'll need to cook everything. Um, but. If all goes according to plan, I'm hoping we can get him somewhere around 30. 
I'm hoping. Uh, I think he averaged 25 last season. Uh, he might need more than that. Yeah, I mean, he it's his team, so I have to. He might demand more than that. I'm I'm hoping to see the Xavier Johnson, who is creating those shots, who's going seven for nine from deep, who is uh, just producing, just cooking in the backcourt, because that's that's the type of player he can be. We've seen it. We've all been witness twice in a row, oddly enough. Um, and man, if he can just bring three quarters of those performances consistently, two thirds. Less than three quarters. There you go. The potential for this team is pretty, pretty, pretty abundant. If you ask this very biased Hoosier fan. We'll get you on out of here after this little Hoosier history hit for you. This is your Hoosier history hit. For your Hoosier history hit today, we have a little different one for you. Uh, I'm going to be covering Emily Harris. Um, Emily Harris was born February 11th, 1947, as Emily Montag Schwartz, was raised in Clarendon, Clarendon Hills, Illinois. Emily Montag Schwartz was the daughter of Frederick, Frederick Schwartz, an engineer, and his wife, and had a middle-class upbringing. Following a childhood in Clarendon Hills, Emily Montag, Emily Montag Schwartz enrolled in Indiana University. At Indiana University, she would graduate with a bachelor's degree in language arts. It was at Indiana University that she married. She uh, met her husband, William Harris. The couple soon moved to Berkeley, California in 1973 following their graduation. At the time, traveling with friends Gary Atwood and Angela Atwood. At Berkeley, they soon joined a left-wing group organized through the university. It was during their time in California that they would uh, meet up with escaped prisoner Donald DeFries. And if you don't know that name, that is the... Uh, founding member of, of the uh, Symbionese uh, Liberation Army, which was a leftist group that promoted joining all the progressive causes. They intended the political symbiosis to encompass the unity of all left-wing struggles, feminist, anti-racist, anti-feminist, anti-racist, anti-capitalist, and others. They wanted all races, genders, and ages to fight together in a left-wing united front and to live together peacefully. Now, now, they did that through very, very unpeaceful means. Yep. Yeah, ultimately, you guys, Emily Harris, I just wanted to shout out one of our alumni who uh, took part in the Patty Hearst uh, kidnapping. Uh, her and her husband both. Yeah, not, not going to go into it too much. Uh, I mean, there's an awesome dollop episode on that whole saga. But yeah, I, I just like to find a little kookier alumni that we can uh, discuss and I can bring to your attention. So uh, yeah, Emily Harris was Emily Montag Schwartz on campus, but uh, now Emily Harris... Uh, member of the Symbionese uh, Liberation Army. IU alum. There you go. And that was your Hoosier History Hit. Thank you so much for listening to the Often Daunted Podcast with me, Burke White. I cannot appreciate enough you sitting here at the end of this. After all this incoherent babble here in the wee hours of Sunday morning, Monday morning, I guess. Um, yeah. I appreciate it, guys. If you haven't followed me on Twitter, feel free at Often Daunted. Hey, on threads now. What up? At Often Daunted. And uh, yep, all you Hoosier faithful out there, have a blessed week. Have a great day. And uh, God bless each and every one of you. Peace out.